0: Pesach is coming. Is everybody nervous? The people used to be nervous about not getting it done. Today, they're just nervous, traditionally. Because there's nothing to do anymore. <laughs> I remember when I, came to, when I came to Israel, I used to go to uh, you go of Pesach to make shore. And you see that the most amazing thing people take their houses out into the street. They put all the furniture <laughs> into the street, because it's like small houses and little first you can't clean anything. So ah, oh, that's a real place, that's the real McCoy. They take things out in the street. Okay, we're in the Pasha Mitzorra. The Pasha Mitzorah goes with Tajriya, in terms of its content. This year it's split because, you know, it's a leap year and so we need a few more parshas. So we split Pazriya and Mitzora. The word Mitzora, as the Rambam says, we'll see the Rama in the continuation, means something or other. We don't know what it means. So we'll say we'll say leprosy. Leprosy is good because we don't know what leprosy is either. I mean, most people. Even though in Yushalayim there used to be a leprosy hospital on uh, somewhere. Yeah, it was like. Uh, just no leprosy. Right? Just, just no leprosy. They, they had a couple of leprosy over the years, I think, you know. Anyway, it's not such a good thing to have leprosy, and it doesn't always, it doesn't always treat you well. But we don't know if tsarat ter, is exactly leprosy. But, you know, it doesn't matter. For the sake of being able to speak English, we'll call it leprosy. But you'll remember that uh, I've got a clue of what tzorat is. Now, when you learn the parash of Tazriya mitzora, it becomes less clear what Sarat is. Because, as you know, the Sarat affects three uh, categories. Firstly, in Tazriya, the parash of it talks about affecting the body, right? The body of a person. You know, his head, his, his face, and there are all sorts of places where but sarat can erupt on a body and so um, the method is that the Kohen had some way of checking whether this was serious or not so serious serious means it's going to get worse and not so serious means it's going to get better the second kind of leprosy or the second of sarat that the Paiusha talks about is sarat abegid that's absolutely not clear to us and we know about uh, you know all kinds of Strange things can grow on clothing, but what the, con- what the connection between the Tsarat of the person and the Tsarat of the Begit is, is not clear. That's the Parsha of Tazria. The Parsha of Mitzorah brings up a third kind of Tsarat called Tsarat HaBegit. Ah, Bait. I'm Tsarat HaBait. There's also a Tsarat in the Bait. Now, this has got to leave us confused, even though there are all kinds of molds and things that grow in houses, and we all know that in your Yerushalayim, one of the ills that uh, befalls uh, uh, people in your Yerushalayim is that they buy a house, and the house suddenly they discover is damp. Damp is very bad, right? because there is no way to figure out where the damp comes from. Even though anybody who you call into the house will tell you that they'll figure it out right away and fix it, but really they don't know. It's just luck. You can't figure out where the because water just is amazing. It gets to wherever it gets to, but you could never figure out how it knows the path. So, so so things grow in the house. That's called tsarat. That's a route it. I don't know. In any event, it's the same principle. Koyaan <laughs> comes and looks at your house and he says, "Well, this is bad. Gets everybody out of the house, everything out of the house. And then he comes back in another week and it could be even worse, so he says, well, we'd better take out a few stones out of this house, which I guess, if your house is built of stones, you could do that. But if your house is not built of stones, it's a little bit more difficult, so you take out a few stones, and then you replace them with new stones, and then everything gets better, and everybody does chuva. I mean, it's all kind of an odd, an odd thing. It's like an odd thing. It doesn't fit into our understanding of reality, right? Which is, after all, a, a benchmark for understanding things. I mean, I look at things, and I say, oh, if I, if I recognize it, so fine, it makes sense. Remember, we talked about Tameh, the Torah, and the Pasha Shemini. so okay, the Torah tells us that the camel is tomei, and that the cow is toho. So far, I mean, I, I, I uh, s- set up a situation where I can't assess it. The Torah says it, the Torah says it, but here, I don't know what the Torah is talking about, because the Torah creates an interactivity between the koei and the Beit. Right? The Kohen looks at the Beit, and he says, oh, well, this is really a bad one, let's take it apart. It's hard to know what the Torah is talking about. So look at Rashid. The Posik says this by the at the top of the sheet. We'll just go through the sheet, as well as we can. Or, eretz is like nachala, right? That word. Eretz so you know that this posik is quite annoying because the posik says it sounds like the posik says that God promises that this is going to happen. They're not happy. I mean, that's what anybody who knows a little bit of Hebrew would say. Look at Rashi. And what does Rashi say? He says, This is the way it's going to be? And Rashi says, Bissorah lahem ga'im ba'im alehem. Good news. Happy news. There's going to be Nega Babayit. So the Morayim did not lose faith. They didn't lose faith. In other words, the Jews went to Har Sinai. It was that Morayim heard that when the Jews left Mitzrayim, they were on their way to Canaan. And Morayim is the name that's used in the Tanakh, in two ways, Emorim are a one of the nations of Canaan. But often the word Emorim is used as the collective of nations in Canaan. Like all the nations in Canaan are called Emorim. So in this case, in this case, obviously Rashi says the Emorim means the nations and people in Canaan. So the Jews left the tribe. They left the tribe. They're charging out. They went through Yamsut, so The Morim heard that the Jews are coming. So they said, Holy thing, oh, they're really gonna come. And then there was Man Torah, then there was the Chaita Egel. And after the Chaita Egel, the Morayim said according to Rashi, they're still coming. And then, after the of the Miracleim, so the punishment was 40 years in the desert, the Morayim said, they're still coming. They're still coming. They they were consumed with fear. This is Rashi. And they had their their riches, right? There were no banks, so they took stones out of the walls of their house. They put in instead of putting in a safe, they just buried their money, their gold and silver, in the wall. Put the stones back, and hoped that somehow this would save them. Right? Because you know when you conquer a land, you, know, you don't kill, kick out everybody, you don't kill everybody, some people be left. So they would all be able to take the stones out, and they could withdraw. Right? They would withdraw from the, from the wall, and they would be able to live on. So the Amoraim Im never lost faith, according to, according to Rashi. Never lost faith. He says, <laughs> But there was this miracle. B'nai Yisrael were living in the, in the age of miracles. And the miracle was that negah abide. So where's the negah? The negah in a stone. Well, sometimes it's two stones. But it's in a stone. And so B'nai Yisrael was directed. They went to the house and they looked around to like... It's like the Shabbat, you know, like the Shabbat. They keep catching these Arabs who are planning to do something bad. So how do they do that? Well, somebody tells them. I mean, it's not like they have an Arab detector. They go around and they and they go bzz, bzz, at the sea, but you know, they get one Arab and says they say, "Show me another Arab who's doing bad things." So we had also a detector. We not only conquered Arab Israel. But we got all the booty, and the booty was kind of available. It was just there. All we had to know is which stone to take out of the wall. So along came the tsarat. Along came the tsarat. And that's what Rashi says. Rashi, of course, based on a message. Now you know there's a gemara. The gemara in Eirchen says this different point of view. The gemara in Eirchen, the second, the second uh, paragraph. Omar my, Rabbi Nachman. Al Shiva degorim not ga'im so, in other words, this story that Rashi told us is a good story if we're talking about nega <laughs> habayit. But what about negaim on the person? What about negaim on, on the clothing? How do you fit that into the, to the story? So he says, Shivat varim negaim There are seven causes for negaim. So I would say, I would say you have this list. I mean, this is a pretty uh, uh, a pretty impressive list. I mean, it's a different point of view. It says, Nigaim, right? Nigaim, vayim Nigaim, Baim. Nigaim means the body, the clothing, the house. What is it, uh, what are the seven Aveiras that cause uh, Nigaim? These are Aveiras which are often which we are able often to hide. We do them, but nobody nobody may know about it. So that according to the Gemara according to the Gemara, the Negeim are not miraculous at all in the sense, I mean, not, they're not a, a positive they don't represent the positive of our lives like let's get the money out of the walls, that sounds positive to me but it represents something else that HaKadosh Baruch was interested in making sure I mean this is um, you have to follow this carefully right even though there's a judicial system you may have heard that the judicial system doesn't always get to the bottom of things you never heard that sometimes you feel, yeah the guy's guilty but the system has no way to deal with the situation and declares him innocent Sometimes it's the opposite. And the system has a lot of difficulty in reconstructing an event. So if a person sinned as with gasut ruach, as the Gemara said, he I mean, was like he spoke and acted in a cruel and unnecessary way. It's not always easy to discover and it's not always easy to punish Along comes the Lord comes to Gemara and says that the Torah promises that these Averot are going to be kind of declared by heaven. A person who does these seven Averot. Of course, we're talking about a person that I can't catch him. Lashon I mean, I can't really get him. And what can I say? I can say, I heard somebody say Lashon i say, no, I've never said it. I've never said it. It's a kind of a. That, 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 that the Torah, according to this is aware of the limitation of the judicial process. People do what they wrote, but you can't catch them. You can't get them. Like Asut HaRuach HaTsarut ayin. I mean, this is like in. You have to look in Pirke Avot to find out what these things are. Lashon HaRa. Sometimes people kill other people and you don't know, there's no way to find it. There are no witnesses. So that the Gemara says that Negat Sarat is a public statement about the person who is affected. The Gemara doesn't distinguish the three kinds of the It doesn't say when you do the body and when you do the clothing and when you do the bayi. But the Gemara says that this is part of justice the system of justice does this right? so now we'll look at another Gemara look at another Gemara so you can fit all these things together the other Gemara is the next Gemara on the page amazingly enough Omer Rabbi Yonatan Anide'i Te Aniri Ites Aniri Ites talk about not our interest not our, our, our interest there's an opinion that says that Bait which is what we're talking about, a house to get Sarat, Lohaya, So the only way to connect this Gemara to the previous Gemara is to say that the Amoraim uh, went through a terrible depression, they ended up with no money, and so when Abi Yisrael came to Eretz Yisrael, there was no money hitting any of the walls. Right? Lohaya, V'lava lechtav, the Gemara says, drosh v'kabel s'achar. drosh v'kabel s'achar means, drosh v'kabel means, right, but that it has some other meaning. It, it means something in another, in another way of, of assessment or analysis. We don't know what the Gemara is talking about. So we have three sources. Rashi says, it definitely happened. It definitely happened was a payet ha and the Ba'yitah Merugah was to our advantage. It was in order that we should be able to get the money that the Morayim held, during the 40 years that the Jews were in the desert. The second source is the Gemara in and The Gemara in Erich says, no, Nigaim, all the Nega'im, without distinguishing them, come as punishment for clearly defined transgressions. And I added that what I think the Gemara means is that sometimes... The system is unable to either discover or punish people who are uh, who are avarian. I just don't know it. I have no way of proving it. That these are very subtle these are sometimes very subtle matters. And the third Gemara says that lo Velo Liyot. So now, there are three uh, uh, sources that I would like to uh, look at. The Ramban, the Ramban, and the Kuzuri. Right? The, Ram- the Kuzuri is the basis of the Ramban. So let's look at the Ramban first and try to kind of grab onto what he's saying. The Ramban says this, on the by Vayikra, Right? He, he comments on the second level of sarat, right? There's sarata or, a person's skin, and then there's clothing, and then there's bati. Right? So at the end of the parish of Tazriyah, at the end of the parish of Tazriyah, this is the Ramban. Let's go get the idea. The Ramban says, e'nenu b'teva tla ve'lo hoveh ba'olam so uh, so uh, uh, this could be an explanation of that Gemara in Sanhedrin lo ve'lo atid that's what the Gemara says it was there was never a b'ayit merugah and lo atid so he says about the, about the beged about the neged the beged and the Lord And comes to the Ramban and he has an idea. And he shares this idea with us. And the idea is this is idea. He says, if you see B'nei Yisrael keeping the Torah and doing the mitzvahs, then every day is Shabbos. Every day is Shabbos. You go and you look at your Yerushalayim, you look at the streets of Yerushalayim on Shabbos, you see, everybody is aiming for me Olam haba. You look at the, at the parents, you look at the children, you go to shul, right? Everybody Everybody is thinking about me'ein olam haba. There's no guarantee that in olam haba you get cholt. But for us, it turns out that cholt is me'ein olam haba. So that the Ramban Ramban says, if B'nai Yisrael could be defined as shlemin l'ashem, second line, you see it on their faces. You see it. I mean, everybody has this idea, right? Everybody has seen some godel or some Rebbe that they were impressed with. And they said, oh, he's got it. You know, like, you just look at his face and you know that he's got it. it in other words, it's not so much my sense, the, the fact that you're making the assessment that interests me. What interests me is that everybody assumes that there are such people in the world. You can call them Lubavitch vav tzadikim. You can call them Kedoyim. You can call them them tzadikim. You can call them whatever you want. But everybody assumes that they're there, and if they're there, then they're models for everybody else. I mean, obviously, they're not there to tell me that I can't do it, but they're there to tell me that if I try harder, maybe I could also do it. The interesting thing about the Ramban is that he says, "You see it. You see it. If I'm Yisrael." is worthy. Then he says, gufamu You go into Eretz Israel, you see the Jews in the places that they live, you say, Wow, this is not like any place else in the world. This is special. Because imagine that that when something when you do something wrong so it's, it's like a visceral wrong like, like it affects you it affects your humanity it affects the way you are it's not like a deal between you and heaven but life is about good living so people say oh you eat health food you look good right? does not know people say that even though it's hard to prove but the people say that. Other people say, if you take an aspirin a day, then you'll look good. Also not so easy to prove. But, the Ramban says, if you keep the Torah and do the Mitzvah, you're going to look good. You're going to look good because you, you fit into God's world, right? You fit in better. You're not like the odd man out. You you fit in he, he, he says, "I'm uh, uh, sorry." Uh, in the first long line, and then if he, he does a beris, so he's sort of like not living properly in the world, and he becomes his his flesh becomes ugly or the or beta. All these things are affected ne- negatively by the way he asks. That's why it says Because that is God's displeasure But it's not so much You do this however you get this punishment But if you live Off You're kind of off You're living in the wrong way so well, you're, you're naturally going to be affected badly by your being in the world in that way. So you all know that the Ramban was a Zionist, right? Of course, that hadn't yet invented Zionism, but he was a Zionist, and he said, "I don't want to move to Eretz Yisrael." Sure. the Ramban said. Now, he not only said it, but more interestingly, he actually did it. And here the Ramban again and again in his commentary on the Torah says that living in Eretz Yisrael is qualitatively different. And here he has the opportunity to push that point home. And he says, look at the words, he says, Eidon o ba'aretz shehi nachlat Hashem. This Idea that health and and being in tune with the world that you live in is very very apparent in Eretz Yisrael comes from this pasuk. How does the Ramban know it? I don't know. What does it mean? I also don't know. But it makes me feel good that I'm living in Eretz Yisrael. I read the Ramban. You know, like I don't have to say like some kind of crazy drosha to say, ah, you know, it's all about a klutz You know, like I don't have to say that. That's like, it's difficult, right? You have to... You have to be a uh, gymnast, an intellectual gymnast, to include Park or Munsi into this into this conversation. But the Ramban says, remember they had this idea that it was like it was like a, a living in Eric keep keeping the Torah was like going to health club. You know, like, like everything's better. Everything's better. You feel better, you look better, you sound better. That's what that's what the Ramban the Ramban said unappachedly. And he learned it for the Psuki. That's what it says in the Torah, he says. This is the, that's, that's what he said. So the Ramban, the Ramban goes on and he says, the him. Oh, oh, Okay, let's turn the page. And look at the bottom of the page. You see the Kuzari. So you know that the Kuzari is made up of conversation. Uh, the Kuzari is Rabbi Levi. The Kuzari is like a conversation that took place between the Kuzari, the king of the Khazars, who is who is of course a bad guy but curious, a lot of curiosity and the chaver. the chaver is our, us, we're, we're, it's our team so the Kuzar, Melech Khazarim or the Kuzari keeps asking the khaver tricky questions and the khaver gives pretty classical by now answers, so the Kuzari is a it's a good book to learn, so that's us look at the, at the answer Amar Haver, you see some of it? you see some effect that this is part of the laws with which God created, set up the world <speaking in Hebrew> So you see the echo of the Ramban. Who came first? Who came first? The Kuzari or the Ramban? The Kuzari. Kuzari came first. So you see that the Ramban, I guess, learned or or knew the Kuzari or knew something about this. He says the same thing when the people leave God, in other words, things don't go well for them, their body gets messed up, and they and they lose their they lose their beauty, right? There's no shine to them. Wow. It's like poetry. Like here you are, Eretz Yisrael, Ami Yisrael, Abi. Just look at them. Everybody's got God shining from their face. So when this is over, when they do the wrong thing, the shine goes. It's just like you walk in the street. You walk in the street you see a lot of people with shiny faces. And then you see a couple of people there who are like, uh, you know, Matt, you know, when you buy those pictures, you get it, Matt. So it's like all, they're Matt. You say, Ooh, let me get away from this guy. You know, it's like a whole different world. There's all different worlds. It's a world where you, you know, or, or you're closer to the truth. Imagine that. You can say to your children, don't play with those kids. They don't shine. Right? Only shining kids, according to the, according to the Kuzuri three lines on the bottom the middle of the line he says that people like you know sometimes people change they look different they are suddenly afraid of something or the, or, the, or the weather is affecting them there's something unexpected happening and they, you know, people think that that there are forces, there are evil forces that make them feel this way. So listen again. We have rash. Right. Rashi said that the negah Habayit that the Nega was a then we have a Gemara the Gemara Erachim says that the and come to, as a punishment the and come as a punishment then the Gemara Sanhedrin says <laughs> The Ramban says, the Ramban says that the Negaim that the Negaim are changed in your ability to interact with nature with the world that God has created and the Rambad obviously is taking off from the, the Kuzuri so somehow these ideas are all legitimate I mean they're all part of what we call the tradition of learning so in some way we have to accommodate all of these things but before we do let's look at the Ramban now I emphasize again I emphasize, always oh, to look at these kind of Rambams, the Rambam, as you remember, was a very intellectual person. Right? I learned that once from Time Magazine. Because it said in Time Magazine that the Rambam was a great intellect. I don't know what they meant exactly, but I think they meant that he was not a Kabbalist. You know, he wasn't given to fanciful imaginings but the Rambam for the Rambam everything had to fit in it had to be scientific right? scientific scientific is you know also something that deserves um, review like when is something scientific and when is it not scientific it's something that's worth looking into I mean we don't really have time for things like that but somebody should look into it he says this in Hilchot Tumat Zerad Terek Zait Alocha Yud I emphasize that because this quote is taken from the Rambam in the in the Mishnah Torah. That the Mishnah Torah is a book of Halacha. It says do this, don't do that. If this happens, do this. If that happens, do that. That's Halacha. That's called Halacha. But sometimes the Rambam adds a note. This note happens to be quite long. The Rambam says this. <laughs> The rabbi says, "President, you know, the rabbi was interested in words. He was interested in words. You know that in Spain there was a strong influence of uh, Arab scholarship, and the Arab scholars were interested in grammar and and, and, and words and their meanings for, for whatever reason. But they developed, and also you know it's sort of like the tradition of Greek philosophy. They were interested in logic. They were interested in." In the meanings of things and what meaning is. So the Arabs hopped into that. I mean, the Arabs, those Arabs. Not the Arabs that they rest every night in Uganda. Uh, those Arabs, the Arabs over there in Spain and in North Africa, they were the leading intellects of the time. The Jews, or many Jews, liked that. They thought, in you know, grammar and semantics so if you look at the bird of the first part of the learn of you see that the rabbin has a, has an interest in words and what they mean and 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 he is still of the opinion which i'm not so certain about that you can get to the bottom of that question the question being what does the word mean right the rabbin thought you could get to the bottom of that question um, i i am you know in my life not received a lot of hard evidence that that is the case. It's hard to know what words mean. (laughs) Even though we converse with each other because we don't we don't take each other seriously, right? If we would take each other seriously then then we wouldn't be able to do anything. If you say to somebody could you go get me a sack of milk? So you'd say what do you mean get? Do you mean buy? What do you mean buy? Who's going to pay for it? Uh, when are you going to, I'm going to put out the money or not? You know, because if you try to make uh, the things very clear, you don't get anywhere. You'll okay, get So you say, okay, go buy, go buy milk. I don't know exactly what milk and where milk and what else to do, but I'll do it. I'll do it based on some kind of assumption. Based on some kind of assumption that you know, you're a halafa. It All right, doesn't matter. <laughs> you see this look at people say he's crazy. I don't know. So in any event, the Rambam says that the word sarat does not have a clear and unique meaning. That's what he says. The word sarat can be applied to different things. When the skin of a person gets whiter and then dry, so the Torah calls that tzorah. But well, you feel like If you lose the hair on your head, you know, and you, you see this scab or something on your face, that's also called tzara. If, 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 if the look of things change, the clothes change, or the house change, it's also called tzara. Shame. Uh, now you know that the Ramban was a Kabbalist. Right? The Ramban was a Kabbalist. And since the Ramban is a Kabbalist, we have to forgive him when he says that there's some kind of an interaction between Sarat and heaven. Because that's how the Kabbalists were. Everything is heaven. But the Ramban was a rationalist. Rational, you know, like, you, again, we're using words, right? You know about words? They don't mean anything. You have to, every time you have to stop and say, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I say, what I mean? What do you mean? Do, it's impossible, impossible. So we'll make believe we know what we're saying. The Raman was a rationalist. Which means right now that he wasn't a capitalist. And therefore he's supposed to think rationally. So what does the Ramam say? He says, he says that, that all these things that are called Sarat, the third line, Bishudfut Hashem, <laughs> there it is. There's the Rambam. So they have this method. People are going around talking Lush and Horror. So what are we going to do? I mean, you, you, you can't really catch Lush and Horror. It's like not so easy. That's it, you need two witnesses. To, they would say to go to court. They would say, "Look, I heard this guy say." And then you have to decide. You take out the chafetz chaim and see whether it's really lashon hora. Maybe it's like a back Maybe it's also the right. it's also your Maybe it's bad. no. Maybe the guy talking about is alive. Maybe the guy's dead. Maybe you know, like, but like who knows? Lashon horror is not an easy quality or to quantify. So the Rambam says, in order to prevent lashon hora, the terror has this system. The guy talks lashon hora. He starts breaking out. Right, his skin goes, his, his clothes go, his house. goes to the Rambam. The Rambam, you, say, you know the Rambam. Remember, I told you, he's a rationalist. beito yitay the Rambam says why should the house, why should the stones in the house become wherever they become? He says, he says, everything uh, should. It's all because of lashon hara. And if he's chazerbo, if he does tshuva. Like right, there's a there's a a, a meta halachic system. meta system that the Torah says the Torah says, listen, a guy if, if two guys see Ruben killing Shimon, then you have to drag Reuben to court and you find him guilty and then, and then you punish him such and such. What if you don't find? What if you don't hear? What if you don't know? So it's a meta-halachic system. You can't hide from God. The Rabbah says, you can't hide from God in Eretz Yisrael. Listen, we know what the Rambam is saying. The Rambam is saying that it's a punishment, and the punishment should cause true and If you do true the punishment will go away. But it's, it's hard not to read the Rambam. I mean, the Rambam says it so well, and it's so... You know, it's like, it's like reading, it's like reading something written well in Hebrew, which is a nice thing. Va'alin yan ze masir bataram, line three, six, seven, eight, nine. Ayan ze masir bataravo meri shamer, de megat sarat, sechor ter sah shem, elo kechal le miriam vadebech. Areo marit boninu and if you take a look, at what happened to Miriam Haneviya, the prophetess. She did grab a chiya, shaita gidolami menu bishonim, the birkeha, the at smal min hayam, the hilo did grab taata, she ishvatolisha nebiim, the pid al kolat verma eila. There was what did Miriam do the Rambam says first of all she brought him into the world Moshe Rabbeinu she took care of him she watched him when he was in the the reeds you know floating around she ran to Bat Paro to offer her help she brought him up and then when she spoke against Moshe Rabbeinu what did she say? what did she say? she said "Well, well I'm also a prophetess Moshe Rabbeinu, I mean, well, Prophet, did she, what did she do? And he says, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu himself, he wasn't makpid. He was willing to be mevater, to, to excuse her. And he didn't want her to be punished. And he says, Moshe, Now, that's what the Torah says, that Moshe Rabbeinu was a man of great humility, v'achah became, the said, Sarah then she, ya den shat sovet ba chi immediately that saraa qalb al-habl ya den shat im wa tikshim shimadim madab bid dolot ibn khawth fi kakra oi wa mishrat selh ha vein al gotav wa trahek bi shimatam madab ma han kitay shuray tafes dam bi rash kit shaym bi sukutam a darhik shilat marbin bid bi hawai et cetera etc., etc. so as a person has have to understand that even though it seems to us that Lashon Haran is kind of uh, not such a serious matter the Rambam comes along and he says God is concerned about this transgression and the punishment will come to those who deserve to be punished in spite of the fact that they really haven't done much wrong, or the people around them don't seem to be sad. Now I want you to know: there's a Gemara and Sota. There's a Gemara and Sota. The model for all of this is Sota. But we know that if the man suspects that his wife had an unacceptable liaison with another man. But of course he can't prove it. His, he has witnesses that say he and she were together in a room and the door was closed. That's, that's the witnesses. That's what the witnesses say. But the witnesses do not say and cannot say that something happened. That's something that should not have happened, that's called a nishat sota. So the husband doesn't know what his status is. Because if she's a mina effect, if she in fact did what she shouldn't do, then of course they can't have any relationship. But if she didn't do anything, if she didn't do anything, then uh, that's fine. No, that's fine, but, but uh, life goes on. Everything is what it should be. That's what the Torah says. And the te- and and then oh, there's one other thing. The Gemara says in Masachet Sota, the Gemara says in Masachet Sota, at Tafi Dawa, I think, the verse is Mishinis Hamina'afim Pasku Meisota. Mishinis Rabu Hamina'afim Pasku Meisota. In history there came a time when uh, people lived um, irresponsible kind of lives. And men and women who should not have had relations with each other did have relations regularly. Men lived with wives of other men. And this Averin became widespread. So the Gemara says, Mishinitryabu when more and more people engaged in this kind of unacceptable lifestyle, Pasku Meisotah. Pasku Meisotah. The Meisotah stopped working. You couldn't go to Beit HaMittash and ask the Kohen to test the woman to find out if something happened that should not have happened, and the Ramban explains this. The Ramban brings this Gemara in his commentary on Sota, and the Parsha of Naso, When the Ramban says this. Everybody, I mean, I'm paraphrasing and adding, okay? But I mean, it's from the Ramban, sir. So, but I'm saying it my way. The judicial system, as we know it, is limited. It doesn't have the capacity to discover who is Yashar and who is Aku. It can't. It can't do. In a very limited number of cases, when we're talking about an action and there are witnesses, can we say that the system can discover that the system can so we say that the system is going to be able to take care of it. Now imagine, imagine this is what the, the, the Rambam says, what the Gemara says in, in Sotah, people are living good lives. They're living according to the Torah and the Mitzvot. And something happened. A woman went into a room with another man and there are witnesses. So this creates... A terrible situation in which shalom bayit can never be reestablished. There's no way for the system to be able to answer the question about what happened, what really happened. The fact that he and she both deny that anything happened—I mean, what does that mean? I mean, they're both talking about themselves. People have you notice tend. To, to say I did the right thing people don't tend to say I did the wrong thing I did the right thing so the fact that he and she both say that nothing happened in the room that was closed that doesn't mean anything along comes the Torah according to the Gemara and according to the Ramadan, and says that you can imagine am Yisrael living in a situation or acting in a way where they deserve clarity. With this burden of not having of not having shalom by it, they don't deserve it. Abel Yisrael doesn't deserve it because they keep the Torah they keep the Mitzvah, they try to do the right thing. The Torah says bring the woman to the Beit this is not, This is not a court of law. She'll drink what she drinks. And if she lives there's absolute certainty for, the, for all the relationships that nothing at all happened. So the Morris says, this promise, this promise, that, that God will intervene to clarify things, so that people won't have to live in a state that is devoid of Shalom Bayin, he says, that only works If everybody is trying to keep the Torah and the mitzvot. But but when people started doing affairs here and there where there was no concern for family values for, for regular normal values determined that we no longer deserved this added kind of clarity. This added kind of clarity. So when it comes to Bayet HaMinuga, what the Torah is teaching us is that it's possible to live in a kind of a fantasy. Now I use that word. I use that word because I think we are sort of trained to imagine that fantasies are no good. The children shouldn't have fantasies. Adults certainly shouldn't have fantasies. The fantasies are uh, like uh, like like limit your ability to interact in the real world. I don't know, but the Torah says the Bayatamanuga, ga. The tzara that the rabban is talking about is a kind of a fantasy world for us, a world in which everything we do counts. It really makes. It really makes a difference, and even though everybody knows, you know, it says, it says in VaYikra, I mean, in the end in Parshish and Law, we all we know that there are psukim in the Torah which end v'yareita ben kecha ani like v'pnei seva taku v'yareita ben kecha ani ani What does that mean? They say about the kudu. They say ben so the answer is this. You get on a bus. Right? You get on a bus. So because you're a great and righteous person, you take your little pocket Mishnayas out of your pocket. And because you're even more righteous, and you heard someplace about Shmiratayinayim, so you stick your face into the Mishnayas that you're learning. Right? Now, an old man or an old woman gets on the bus and has to be standing right next to you. And obviously they could use the chair that you're sitting in. But you have your face in that mishnayot, right? It's like in there. And you're doing shmirat enayim on a mitzvah. Right? You're doing shmriyat enayim not to stand up and give a seat to the, to the old person. So, so uh, the courts of law are hopeless, helpless, and nobody knows. Did you see her, the old lady? Or did you see her? Nobody knows. Maybe you talking about such deep concentration about the Mishnah that even when the bus bounces up and down, it doesn't get you awake. That there is somebody watching. And there is a reckoning that has to be paid. So there's this idea of Mishin Rabu HaMenafin the system breaks down. The system of clarification. There is somebody who is watching. All that means that HaKodesh Bohu will go out of his way to direct you to do truth. It's like a warning sign, an early warning sign. It has nothing to do with anything natural. Ramban, Kuzari, Ramban has nothing to do with anything that happens in Teva. So, the Gemara says, lo lo nivra. What, the, what the Gemara means is, it doesn't happen. It's only from heaven that it might happen. It's only from heaven. And is it a punishment? Well, it is a kind of a punishment. It's an awakening. It's an awareness. And so, the Ramban goes on and takes this whole idea one step further. And it says, You know why Tzarat is the model for the punishment that is supposed to wake us up and make us reconsider the way we act. Because Sarat dims everything. It's a discolorization. It's, it's, uh, it's like having uh, blemishes on you, on your clothing, on your house. You walk in and say, oh, how ugly that is, or how ugly he looks, or how ugly everything is. And Ramban says, what the Torah is really saying is that you have to work to look really beautiful. To look like there's something special going on, going on all the time. So the Ramban, and in this case, and the Ramban, and the Kuzari, and the Gemara, they all say, they all say that Sarat is meaningful because it's about the fact that you should not imagine that you could get away with it or that you could overcome it and that somehow your your position in nature is going to be negatively affected. But Rashi was referring to the word Vinakati. Rashi, remember Rashi? We start out with Rashi and talk about the Bayat hamanugah. So he says that the Bayat Rashi said, is similar to the or, uh, the peged, as the Ramab says, but is also distinct from them. Because only the Beit tabanugah says, Vinatati, there's kind of a promise, so that there's a one-time promise, that the Torah says, that B'nai Yisrael will get this opportunity when they come to Erechovah. Not afterwards, afterwards it's done. But the, so they say, an immediate result of the promise of Beit tabanugah, thats to get the money of the Emorayim. And then there's the long term province which is not Vinatati that has to do as the Gemara says the Gemara in Erechim, the Gemara in Sanhedrin the Ramban, the Rambam and the Kuzari all agree all agree that when you talk about Sarat, you mean something ongoing and special that reflects the connection between Atarish Bochum and Am Yisrael. Now you know and I, I, I think I mentioned it hashgacha. Uh, uh, what we call Hashkachat Pratit. It's not an easy topic. It's not easy for us, it's not easy for us to understand or to like, get kind of a hold of it. Either it seems that people who are very certain about what it means, so to speak, in a childish manner, and people who are less certain are not, um, not so helpful. But you know that the Rambam says, that the Rambam says at the end of the Marnabuchim, Part 3, chapters 50, chapters 51, which are chapters that everybody, everybody should learn. Even people who are from should learn those chapters because they're very important. And the Ramam says that, I don't know the Ramam, I mean I'll say it in a, in a way that it might be more acceptable. The Ramam says, I don't know of no You know is like uh, John Smith, but he's an Arab, Zayed. He says, I can't say that every time Zayid is walking around the street and steps on a cockroach, that this is because God wanted him to step on the cockroach, and the cockroach should die. However, the Ramadan says, it does seem that there are people, there are people who are so special that they they are close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, such that the Hashgokha, that the concern of God for that person all the time is much greater than anybody would imagine. So that the Rambam chose a kind of middle road. He wasn't willing to say that every time somebody does something stupid and gets, you know, gets whacked a little bit for it, that this is kind of God intervening. But the Rambam did say that on some level, on the level of the the most, uh, the glorious people, the prophets, uh, the people who are great, Talmidei Chachanim, that HaKadosh Baruch concern, what we call Ashkechah, but God's concern for those people is obviously much greater than others. So, this idea, this idea is for them. The Rambam wrote what he wrote in Spain. But the Rambam says, as the Ramban says, but imagine if everybody was in Eretz Israel, and imagine if everybody had this kind of feeling of closeness to God through the Torah and the Mitzvot. He says, just imagine that. So surely we would agree that, as the Ramban, the Ramban is kind of an extension of what the Rambam says. The Rambam said, there's not hashgacha all the time and everything. I can't say that. But the Ramban comes along and says, but if we were in Eretz Yisrael, and we were keeping the Torah and the mitzvah, and we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, and trying hard to be kind of in the face of HaKadosh Baruch all the time, then certainly hashgacha would be pronounced and prevalent. And that would be called, that's the negat Zorah, where Baruch Hu would intervene, so to speak, Kaviyocho, to straighten me out. To straighten me out. Because usually, when I start doing things that are wrong, I can justify them to myself. I say, okay, not so terrible, I mean, he did it to me, so I did it to him. Like, you know, that's what, that's how, it's a slippery slope, right? You know, Aveyars are a slippery slope. It's not off with a, with a rationale. And then you go on to less of a rationale. So that the ksalav comes to straighten me out right at the beginning. Right when I'm getting started. So the Raman says, you know, that kind of intervention, just like the mesotah, that kind of intervention goes only if you deserve it. Only if it's coming to you. And that's what the Raman says as well. The Raman says, hashkocha is something that you have to deserve. Hashkocha protis, right? So Hashkocha, you have to work on yourself to be able to stand before HaKadosh Boko and to say I'm trying I'm trying to do the right thing and any help I can get from heaven I'd be happy uh, to, to get and to receive